oftentimes the place between gives you space to hear from the spirit. And as uncomfortable as it is, like I went from having sermons to prep every week and meetings every week to having nothing. Like there was nothing on my calendar and it was a super uncomfortable feeling. And yet from that silence and stillness came a brand new idea. I love how God weaves things into our lives when we take time to slow down and pay attention to what he's doing. Sometimes, though, we think we're working on a project, going a certain direction, and something beautiful comes out of it, and then we get to see something new come to life. For me, that was the desire to create a community who wanted to chase adventure and life together while experiencing all kinds of rad moments. But before that could get going, God had a different idea and brought to life this podcast first, where I could share other people's stories and share what God has been doing in their lives too, in hopes of encouraging you as a listener. Today's guest had a similar experience in a number of places as he talked about his dream and the unique things that happened in the process between the dream and the realization of that dream coming to life years later. We talk about the simplicity of life that Jesus offers, but we also talk about intentionality of living present to what God has for us and some fun God stories along the way. Ryan Weckman is self-proclaimed Bible nerd who is passionate about finding creative ways to help people wrestle with life's biggest questions. He's a pastor, and for the last 10 years, as he slowly worked his way through seminary, four years ago, he moved to Austin, Texas to plant a church called Red Rocks Austin with a few of his best friends. Any other time, he has spent drinking coffee, paddleboarding, and watching the Broncos. You guys, we have a great conversation ready for you, so why don't you pull up a chair, grab that cup of coffee, and dive in with us to the places between. When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at though, we wanna help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with the places between a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to dive into your story and just hear all the things that are going on. So thanks for joining us. Wendy, thank you so much for having me. I've been excited about this all week. Such an honor. Oh, that's awesome. 
Well, we have a treat for the audience. I feel like a lot of people that I know in the Denver area are familiar with a place that we call home for church. And Ryan, you're part of Red Rocks Church in Austin. So I'm excited to dive into more there. But why don't we start out for those that don't know who you are, a little bit about your story. What makes Ryan come alive? Why don't you tell us a few things that maybe you don't post on social media? <laughs> Ooh, well, I don't post much on social media. So that'll be, that'll be most things. But yeah, like you said, I'm a, I'm a pastor at Red Rocks. Grew up in Denver. We'll get into that whole story. But and now in Austin, Texas. So let's see a few things you may not know about me. I'm going to say this. I love books. I love the beach and I love the Broncos. So those are, those are my three. Um, a good book, good memoir. I'm all about the beaches is my happy place. I lived in, in the yeah. beach for a while and uh, Seal Beach, Long Beach area. And then um, I'm very excited for this Broncos season. Um, I have high hopes. Yes. Well, now that we've recruited some West Coast players, <laughs> right. hopefully awesome. it'll be a good season. Have you managed to find any beaches in Austin? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> you can drive about three hours south down to Corpus Christi. And um, it's a beach. It's beautiful. It's not the same, but the, the waves aren't the same. But yeah, at least it's a beach. Well, and a short plane ride here next to the ocean. Uh, so. You know, what a day and age we live in. Yeah. Okay, so we mentioned that you live in Austin and you're part of the founding team for Red Rocks Church Austin. Tell us a little bit about, it's been going since 2018, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So we got out to Austin in 2018. So just celebrated four years, which is wild, crazy. For the tail end of 2018, we were doing a lot of like pre-launch stuff. So the official launch day was January 6, 2019. but we're we're about three and a half years in, and it's it's going really well. So um, planning a, a church has just always been a dream of mine and my brother Doug and our best friend Ethan. The three of us—you'll hear me reference the three of us a lot through this. We've kind of just been in this together since I don't know, maybe maybe twelve years ago. We've wanted wow. a, a church. That dream was planted in our hearts. We feel like a long time ago, and one of the reasons I, I love what you're doing. Wendy, with this space is the dream was planted a long time ago, but it didn't come to fruition until 2018. So there was a lot of space in between there where we knew what we wanted to do, but the time wasn't right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so interesting because I feel like you talk to more people than not that have this dream or desire from pretty much a young age. And if you're lucky, you get to hear stories of people that actually get to pursue that or they step into where they finally get to see it all fulfilled. Unfortunately, I do hear of people that have given up on their dreams. And, you know, I think part of our roles are to encourage people to keep going after what God has called them to, right? Totally. And I I couldn't agree more. And I'm What's funny now is the church is working and it's going and God's doing all these cool things. But then now we have all these these other dreams of like next steps and we feel like we're in these holding patterns all over again. And so life seems to me to be a series of like we get you have dreams, you have goals, and then there's a whole lot of work and a whole lot of failing and a whole lot of things not working. 
you know, along the way to get to that point. That was certainly our experience. We really wanted to get this thing going in 2012 and had been traveling together uh, around the world for a year and got back and really just felt strongly like all the passion was there. Um, we've always been very like passionate. Let's go do this thing types of people, but none of the skill set was there. And so it felt very clearly like if this dream is going to work, we need to go be pastors at churches, like established churches wow. and learn how to have a budget and uh, come up with a series and have pastoral meetings and all of the things that go into it. And so for about four years there from 2012 to 2016, that's what the, the three of us parted ways. Doug ended up at Red Rocks. Ethan was at a, a great church in Colorado named Jubilee called Jubilee. And then I moved to California and worked at an awesome church out there. And the dream kind of just got put on hold for a little bit. And it was this, this massive place between. And uh, then in 2016, we were driving through the Rocky Mountains. I was back in town visiting. I had just talked to a couple of good friends of ours who challenged us to remember the dream, remember you know our goal. And the three of us are driving through the mountains. And we realized we had all fallen in love with Red Rocks at this point. We realized, hey, when we go plant a church, like 99.9% of what we do is just going to be copying Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. What if we, like, what if Doug just called Sean right now? Sean Johnson's the, the lead pastor of Red Rocks. Doug, what if you just called Sean and just told him that? Let's roll the dice, whatever. Let's just tell him that. And so we're like, got our Hillsong blasting worship, you know, getting all fired up to make this phone call. As we're having that conversation, Doug's phone rings or vibrates. The text message from Sean. And he said, hey, have you and your buddies ever thought about going to Planet Church? Wow. wow. Yeah, one of the craziest days of my life. Doug calls him, and Sean spends like 30 minutes pitching to Doug exactly what we were going to pitch to him, which was what if we went and started a Red Rocks location somewhere? Wow. And again, it's one thing to focus on that victorious moment. There were years leading up to it of things working and frustrations and all that, but that was one of those really felt like God moments where uh, we realized, I I think this is what we're supposed to be doing. Oh, I love that. Well, I love how God confirms those desires, those dreams in your heart at just a specific time where you're like, like I've always prayed that everybody, including myself, would be able to look at my life and say, there's no way but God. So having an experience driving through the mountains, Sean texts Doug. I mean, you can't make that up. You, There's no way that you could have conjured that up. <laughs> And you're like, okay, thanks, God. Wild. The only way to explain it, you know? Oh. And maybe that's what we needed. You know, maybe, maybe sometimes God speaks super loud to us because we're not the, the best at listening sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into, I remember discussing a little bit about Red Rocks Austin, which you said you were checking out Southern California, right? Yeah. At the time. Yeah, well, we're, we've always been beach guys. Like I said, I was still in California at the time. And so San Diego just felt right. A whole another story. We felt like that's where we were supposed to be. I just love San Diego a lot. We went out there for a weekend and spent three days just hanging out. And we spent the majority of those three days talking about Austin, Texas. Wild. Had never been there before. I had a few friends there. 
but it was just, I mean, it was, everybody was starting to talk about it. Lots of people were starting to move there. You know, there were very like logical reasons we were talking about it, but there was also just something supernatural seemingly that was going on. And so we decided at the end of our San Diego trip that we would take a, a weekend trip to Austin. And that weekend was one for the books. It was incredible. Honestly, what it was, it was so many conversations with so many young people who we got the sense um, were pretty burnt out on religion mm-hmm. and were ready to run like as far away from the church as possible. And that's just always been our heartbeat and the people that we'd love to, to speak to. And so by the end of that weekend, we're sitting at our Airbnb going, I, I think Austin, Texas is it. Like, I feel like we need to move to this place that we've only spent three days in. So let's just pull the trigger and do it. Wow. When you look at how like a hard right turn or it feels like almost a derailing and yet it's so authored by the Lord that you can't deny that it's him leading. I think it's funny. We, we plan our lives out with all these hopes and these dreams. And then when it actually unfolds, it looks so different than what we ever thought. Yeah. Have you experienced that in your life? Have I experienced that? Mm. Oh, absolutely. And I've had a handful of pretty serious setbacks based off of hopes and dreams. And like what you said, the vision that you got for starting a church was way back in 2011, 2012. So you're praying, thinking God's going to bring that into fruition right away, you know, and having lived a number of years where you're like, okay, God doesn't really work like that. (laughs) I'll just keep praying into this and hopefully it'll unfold the way that God wants it to. But I've even just, I myself kind of more recently have been posturing my hands open to be like, okay, Lord, how do you want to lead? How do you want to guide or provide and not get too attached to my own plans? And it kind of sounds like that's what you guys went through with planting in Austin. And then you realize that was where he was calling you and the greater decision. Totally. And you know, what's funny is when we actually got out here, we needed that open-handed surrenderness that you're talking about because we get out, we get out here and we realize we have no idea how to plan a church. <laughs> like where do you even start? We don't know anybody here. We don't know how to get a find a building, how to find a space. Like what are we going to do? And so those first few months were amazing, but it was a whole lot of open-handedness. Mm-hmm. Good thing you had good mentors that had kind of done it with Denver the best. Yeah. So thankful for Sean and, and Scott and BZ and all those guys. We couldn't have done it without them. I remember one day a guy named Scott Brugman, who's started the church, been a part of it from the beginning, is just a stud of a human. He flew out to Austin to hang out with us. And at the time we were looking for a space just to rent out, just to, to get things started. And we had gotten turned down Actually, it would end up being 90 times from different spaces. Oh, wow. I know. So like one, one no is fine, two you can handle. By the time you get up to five, it's kind of like, what is happening? We got like nine zero, 90 no's. Wow. People just, it was just, there was no space in Austin. Nobody wanted, nobody trusted a church, you know, to come in and sign like a year lease or whatever. And Scott comes out and there was a space that was... We would have made it work. It was our one like maybe. And he takes us to that space and 
we, we sit down and we're praying and he shows us this video. I, I wasn't planning on, on telling the story, so I'm going to get the details wrong a little bit. But if I remember correctly, I think two guys built like a skate park in the middle of the, of like a very snowy city or else they built like a, like a ski ramp in the middle of a very hot climate. I don't remember. It was one of, it was one of those two, but he shows us this, uh, this video. We watch it for a few minutes and he goes, it's not about the location guys. You'll figure whatever space you end up with. It's all just about figuring out how to make it work. So I love that. I always come back to that as different frustrations come up with the church or in, in life in general, where you realize like, Hey, when you just learn to double down on today and double down on where you are now, and just determine wherever I'm, I'm at today, I'm going to make it work. It's actually this very freeing thing where um, all of a sudden you, you stop trying to, to hold on to all of the details and you go, whatever comes my way, I'm just going to be a good steward of, of it. So yeah, I don't know. That's, does, that make, does that story even make yeah. sense? No, mind. absolutely. As we walk and journey with the Lord, we end up seeing that He really does have infinite resources and he's a God of abundance, not this name it, claim it prosperity thing. But when we entrust our steps into what he's going to do, you can plan a church in any location. And if it's truly of the Lord, he's going to allow it to thrive or succeed. Yep. And I think a lot of times he just wants us to partner with him. Like he wants us to get involved in the steps. Like I always say, Work like it depends on us, but pray like it depends on him. Ooh. And that feels important. Work like it depends on us and pray like it depends on him. Yeah. And even just what you had shared in this recent sermon from that I want to talk about in a second from right side up of we're playing with house cards. And I thought that was so profound because it was how many times do we think it's up to us? to determine something or it's up to us to figure it out when it's like God has everything we need. So if we just trust that he's actually going to fill in the gaps. Wow. So as we had talked before, I know that you love storytelling and you love God's word and you love to read. And I'd love to share even just a little bit about the podcast that you were doing even before Red Rocks Austin that you've continued to do. Can you share a little bit more about some of those, the scriptures and the way it unfolds? Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So it's a podcast called Stories in Scripture that my good friend Keith and I started back in 20, 2017. And the idea was at the time, there were all these storytelling podcasts, mostly about crimes, and we were all hooked on all of them. And then there were lots of other like podcasts like this, like long form conversations where we can kind of unpack things. And I was a huge fan of both of them. Mm. Then I thought, what if we combined the two and the Bible is packed full of all these super compelling stories mm. that we don't always have time to unpack, especially on a Sunday when, you know, you have so many other things that you're trying to do in your sermon. What if we created a space just to tell stories and the Bible stories in compelling ways and kind of bring them to life and add music and speculate a little bit about what was going on in between the conversations that we do have. And so we created this, this podcast called Stories in Scripture. And uh, we're five seasons in now. And it's become this, this really fun kind of side project for me. But what's cool about it is it actually came out of the place in between jobs for me. 
the church in California. I had this like, great time at, they send me off to go plant Red Rocks Austin, but then there's two months in between. And I'm up in actually Yosemite uh, hiking, hanging out a little bit. And that's kind of where having a little bit of space to breathe. Um, a lot of this idea kind of originated and the, the first few conversations with Keith happened. And before I knew it, we're creating this whole podcast. And so just an interesting little side that oftentimes the place between gives you space to hear from the spirit. And as uncomfortable as it is, like I went from having sermons to prep every week and meetings every week to having nothing, like there was nothing on my calendar and it was a super uncomfortable feeling. And yet from that silence and stillness came a brand new idea. You know, I don't know if that's for somebody listening, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that our world got to experience a taste of that if we allowed ourselves to actually turn off the voices of the news during COVID. I mean, it was the first time for a lot of people that you got to experience this, like, okay, what is God doing? And what is he speaking? But going back to stories and scripture, it's incredibly powerful to hear scriptures come alive the way that you guys do so artistically and adding music. And for those that are listening, I'll tag it in the show notes. But if you're looking for a fun, artistic way to just listen to some powerful moments of scripture, I'd encourage you to check out Ryan's podcast. Yeah, it was just, it's really neat. I don't hear a lot of podcasts like that because I listen to a lot of teaching like sermons and even marketing podcasts and more business stuff, but this is like a fun escape. And yet it's so cool because it's God's word. So, you know, it's all true. So it's not just a crime series. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I, I, I love stories and I love the, especially the Jesus stories and all throughout scripture. It's just packed full of all these things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, give it a listen. People usually say, uh, Ryan, I love your podcast. I always listen to it while I'm falling asleep. And uh, I never quite know how to take that. I don't know. It'll either bore you so much that you fall asleep or it'll inspire you to go change the world, one or the other. I'd say the latter. That's so fun. Okay, so I'd love to dive into the current series that Red Rocks is in because there's a super cool resource that you were part of creating. The current series is called Right Side Up. And will you just give us a brief overview for those that don't know about Red Rocks and maybe they'll even want to tune in there too? Yeah, absolutely. So we realized a few months ago, one of the lines that we've heard for years and that I've preached is that Jesus came to turn the world upside down. Um, I've said this countless times in sermons. If you want to be first, be last. If you want to be great, learn how to serve. If you want to find your life, lose your life. It feels upside down to us. But the more we thought about it, the more we realize, actually, it seems like Jesus is just coming to put things back together to the way they always were before the fall. So in Genesis 1 and 2, when Adam and Eve are living in perfect harmony with each other and with God and with creation, it seems like everything Jesus was doing was, was teaching us how to get back to that point. So Jesus wasn't actually turning the world upside down. He was turning it right side up. Mm-hmm. We're the ones that live in an upside down world. And so it feels upside down to us, but that's just because we're upside down. It's actually right side up. And so those series has been all about how can we, one, fixing our eyes on Jesus who did that for us and the grace that comes from it and the love that comes from it and all of that. But also how can we participate 
in living like Jesus, like bring peace to the world the way Jesus did and unity and generosity and humility and all of those things. So we're having a lot of fun with it. Wow. Well, it's so needed right now. I just, I don't know about you or any of our listeners. I feel like I love being a faith-based, like Jesus follower now in the 21st century. I wouldn't trade that for the world. I wouldn't go back to being a Christian in the 90s or 80s or anything that people talk about the Jesus movement because I love it right now. And yet with the way the world is, it's like, it's puzzling where you're like, are you kidding? (laughs) Like some of the stuff that most people that would be listening to a podcast like this would potentially have had some of the questions too. So a series like Right Side Up is so timely and great for people to tune into now. And then even just going a step further, the resource that you were part of creating, it's, it's so neat to hear about the backstory of getting to write this in a coffee shop and laughing the whole time. But tell us about the family resource you put out. Yeah. 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 Thank you for, for asking. I, so I gave a sermon on this, this past Sunday in August. And the idea was life is very simple until it's not. And all of your listeners understand this. Life is very simple. And when you're at the place it's not when you get to the place between Mm. all of a sudden in the place between and the tension, life can get very complicated. And I've had this thought and I said this in the sermon, but I don't say what I'm about to say as somebody who is on the other side, like figured this all out. Here's my like conference on how to be, do this like, like me, not at all. I say this as somebody who's very much in the middle of it, hoping that this is true. And that is that Jesus actually came to bring a simplicity on the other side of all that complexity. And so things, life is very simple. And then you get to the place between and suddenly it's, it's complicated. But I believe that the message of the gospel is if you keep going and if you keep pressing in, that there will actually be simplicity on the other side of all the complexity, even if that is in eternity. Maybe it will be not until then that we experience that simplicity, but I believe it's coming again. So all of that as a, a backstory, I was sitting in a coffee shop about four months ago, and I was in the middle of uh, ministry being very complicated. It was one of those days, you know, those days you just get a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls, the meeting didn't go quite as you wanted it to go. All of that, the simplicity of Ethan and Doug and I driving through the mountains, dreaming about starting a church is long gone. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of the, just the day-to-day tough conversations that need to be had, the complexity of it all. And I'm sitting there and I have a thought, hey, what if I wrote a children's book just to highlight this entire concept? Because Jesus even said that he would say things like he would, there'd be a bunch of people arguing about, you know, theological matters. He'd pull a child into the conversation and go, hey, she actually understands this more than you guys do. And um, I thought, what if, what if I could highlight this concept the simplicity on the other side of complexity, living right side up in a, in a children's story. And so for the next few hours, I got this idea for this story about a kid that, named Benji who wakes up in an upside down world. And like, Wendy, I'm telling you, I was crying because I was laughing so hard because it's so silly. That's like so his bed, bed's upside down and he spits his toothpaste out and it falls to the ceiling, <laughs> you know, and like his dog's bowl is flipped upside down. So there's just like water everywhere. And, his dad can't figure out the TV because it's upside down. 
silly, so silly. And yet I'm sitting there. I was actually laughing so hard as I'm sitting there that the barista came up to me. I said, Hey, are you, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah, these are, this is, I'm laughing. I'm sorry. I'll keep That is up. amazing. I always wonder if she was like looking at my laptop, expecting like a, like stand-up comedy or something. And like, no, I'm just writing a story. And so anyways, this kid named Benji wakes up in this upside down world. And then he goes to school. He's all stressed out. His teacher tells him how, how Jesus came to turn the world right side up. And he brings that message home and he flips everything right side up. Super simple, very silly. And yet it just felt like a very sacred message because what I was experiencing internally in this place between was, hey, maybe I'm overcomplicating this. Mm. Maybe I'm trying to think my way through this. Hmm. I need to do less thinking and more just surrendering, like you said, uh, opening my hands and embracing this, this complexity. And so, yeah, I sat there and I wrote out this story. And then the next day I workshopped it with Doug and Ethan. And then I showed it to um, our friend Joy, who works at the church and is a brilliant uh, all things graphics and design. And she illustrated it and brought it to life. And um, yeah, last week we made it available. And so you can get them at all the Red Rocks locations, also online at our Red Rocks store. And all of a sudden we have a children's book. Wow. That is amazing. And I'm just thinking as a, an adult, how much I love like stories brought to life with like cool animation and, you know, all the Avengers movies and all of this stuff. And it's like, I can just picture how kids' imaginations, like I spent a week in San Diego in Orange County and my favorite five-year-old is one of my best friend's little girls. And she, her imagination is like, she just had a picture of standing behind a unicorn floaty on their pool. And she's standing on the watermelon and she's telling everybody she's going water skiing. And you're like, this is amazing. So what a great resource for families to be able to even explain and talk with their kiddos about life kind of feels upside down right now. And this is the way that we're going to look at the world. And this is how we're called to live. And that's so neat. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I I hope for the five-year-olds out there with the vivid imaginations, I hope it makes them laugh. I really do. But as parents read it to their kids, I hope it makes them cry. Because I hope that like me, we realize, oh, I've, I've, I've been missing some of this. I need to get back to this childlike simplicity of just turning this world right side up. And every room that I walk into, every podcast that I do, every interaction I have at every grocery store, what if my mentality was just, how can I turn this right side up? Mm. Um, Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. For listeners that have been tuning in, I just think you might be in a position where you also hear from God like different things that he wants for your life, but you're also kind of struggling in that place between. And I think Ryan's words of like how you try to live would be great advice of just like, how can we go to the store and interact with people? And a lot of times I don't ever think with life, we fully arrive. God just wants to like we said earlier, partner with us in the process and then see how we handle like loving others before us and interacting with the barista and 
saying hi to our neighbors and all of those things that we know are very simple things that we can be a part of. We just get so caught up in like basically our heads that we forget to do all those things. So I want to honor your time. I would also love to like as a pastor, you try to live your life on purpose, as you just mentioned, um, for God's kingdom. And perhaps that sounds too churchy. I love how Red Rocks really seems to be a place of community and encourages anyone can step into the community. But as we seek to live our lives on purpose and be different in this world, is there anything that you could encourage people with while they are going about their everyday lives? They might not know what tomorrow brings, but they can have hope for today. And more that I live, my answer to that question continues to just be go easy on yourself. Because I, I even for the last 30 minutes, have been speaking somewhat of a, of a big game, but I get this wrong. Mm. Like most of the time, <laughs> more often than that, most days, most days I'm, I'm flipping things upside down <laughs> instead of right side up. And that's, that's part of the, the beauty of this whole journey of being human as we're trying to figure out how to do this together is, um, yeah, you're going to say things that you, you wish you didn't say and do things you wish you didn't do and make mistakes and things aren't going to work as quickly as, as you wish they would work. And you're going to have failures and all of that is all part of it. And I think I'm learning how to let myself off the hook and have some, some grace for me. It's like, I really get at preaching that, that Jesus has grace for us. Now I need to, to apply that to like, so I need to have some, some grace for, for myself. Yeah. Because it's not easy. It's not easy. But when we keep going, when we keep going, I just, I just believe, I just believe for somebody listening that there is a, a second naivete is a, a cool phrase that we use for the simplicity on the other side of this crazy place between that, that you're going through. Um, so don't give up and go easy on yourself. That's so good. That's so good, Ryan. Thanks. It reminds me of that scripture from Matthew when Jesus does say, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and come to me, those who are heavy burdened. And it's like, oh my gosh, do we need that now more than ever? But if we can just rest in like the character of God and that he works all things together for good, even the bad and how he meets us in our journeys. Like we can enjoy being with others and in God's presence and having a more simple way of living. So that was really good. As we wrap up, I love to ask all of my guests, what place are you between? <laughs> and, and then how can we pray for you? What place am I between? Okay, I've got one and it's going to sound small, but it's actually very significant for me. And it's what we've just been talking about for the last few minutes, there is now a book that exists in the world and it has my name on it. And I historically have been a very private person. I love to create things. It's a lot harder for me to share things. And so now I'm getting like, we got a text late last night from a friend I haven't talked to in years, you know, and and they're holding the the picture with their kiddos and, and stuff like that. And it's, beautiful and I love it. And it's super scary for me because there's that, that part of me that that doesn't really like that whole, all of this, you know? And yet I feel like I am in a stage in my life where it's time for me to, to step into that and embrace it 
and speak up and share and do podcasts and and things like that and um, write more books and whatever. And so that is a huge, I know it sounds small, but it's a huge adjustment for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a place between staying anonymous and, and not. And I feel, I feel that tension. Do you know what I mean? Did you feel that when you, when you started? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's so interesting. Cause I have, I wrote a devotional a couple of years ago. That's now it's online on the Bible app. People can buy it on Amazon. And it, once I started being like, Hey, this resource, yeah, it's the most vulnerable parts of you saying, Hey world, will you approve yeah. when, even if the Lord gave you that like desire since you were a little kid. And yeah, I do think it's, there's something beautiful about you being in a position where God's like, I trust you. So now here's the platform and here's the influence. And that's really such a unique thing to balance, but we'll for sure be praying for you. And I know what you have to share with the world is already amazing. And your call to pastor is definitely evident. So I just want to encourage you that the resources that you guys are putting out and showing up on a weekly basis to shepherd your community and even do life with people that might not have it figured out. You know, we're also figuring it out at the same time. Um, Well said. Let me just say this, the space that you're creating for the places between is so important. I'm such a a big fan. It feels like a community of people who are experiencing God in a way that other people who maybe aren't in a place between don't get to because there's something, there's a special grace that comes in the place between um, that's been true in my life. And so I know, I know it's not, that doesn't like make everything easy and, and all of that, but in the middle of the craziness, there's a really sweet grace on what you're doing. And so thank you for being a voice. Absolutely. All right, listeners, I will tag all of the resources that we talked about in the show notes. And we just want to honor Ryan and his time today. And if you are looking for extra things to plug into and listen to Red Rocks Church, get that resource for your family. If you have kiddos, if you don't buy one for your niece or nephews, and um, we'll catch you again next week on The Places Between. Thanks for joining us. I'm over here cheering you on, friend. You just finished another episode of the Places Between podcast. If you want to access more, be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests, episode sponsors, upcoming retreats, and more. Like Stay in the Story, a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, thanks for taking time to dive into The Places Between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.